first thing I noticed, uh, producer Nick, is that you're way better at starting the podcast. What do you mean? Uh, we may have mentioned, yeah, we may have mentioned this before, but uh, the way we do our audio is that we do a three, two, one clap. It makes it a little easier for you to line up the audio. Yeah. And Father Harrison has no sense of timing or rhythm. He's terrible at it. So he'll be like, it's always off. It's not fun to make fun of someone who's dead. That's true. We should not speak uh, ill of the dead. Father Harrison has passed away and uh, is not on this <laughs> podcast anymore. So I'm um, looking for another co-host. Uh, in the meantime, we've got producer Nick. What's the deal? Is he sick? I don't even know why I'm doing this podcast. Oh, you remember when people used to get regular sick? Yeah. Like years and years ago, you get like regular sick. Yeah. Yeah. So Father Harrison is actually just regular sick. He, he's got a scratchy throat. He's, you know, just got a regular cold. And really? he was like, wee, 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 wee. <laughs> I can't do the podcast. <laughs> I need to not do things today. Wee, 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 how wee, how wee. long have you been practicing your impression of him? Because that. Oh, that was off the cuff, man. That was pretty good. I really, it sounded like I was Father Harrison, didn't it? It did. I went to the, uh, to like a Med Express and, uh, they tested me for COVID. I came back COVID negative, and then I tested positive for flu type B. So in the email I sent to people, I said, hi, I can't come to work because I tested positive for flu B. I'm just thinking about 2018, thinking to myself, I would have just said I have the flu. Yeah. But no, I said, <laughs> I tested positive for flu B, which is the lamest sickness to get in the middle of a pandemic. But also what was interesting, if you're into conspiracy theories, they, yeah. they just said, they told me like, yeah, we started testing for the flu again recently. So they just weren't doing That's it. That's what the doctor said. I didn't ask probably, any more questions yeah. because I thought it'd be more interesting if I didn't have answers. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick, you know what's the worst thing that can happen when you're hanging out with a group of friends? What is the... Oh, I know the worst thing. Can I give it a shot? I think... It, okay, give it a shot. Someone says, I got to show you this YouTube video. And then you watch the YouTube video and then some other jerk is like, no, mine's better. And so you're not even watching your friend's YouTube video. You're, you're excited about yours as you're passively watching their YouTube video. And suddenly you have a YouTube video party and it's terrible. Like rather than it hang is. out with friends, you're just watching YouTube. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And while your video is playing, you're getting all nervous about whether or not people like it and I picked the right one. Oh, this wasn't as funny as I remember it. Mm -hmm. Oh no, no one's laughing. And it's just a terrible time. Do you know the solution to this? No, uh, just take the computer and throw it across the room. Okay, if you don't do that, <laughs> if you're stuck in a YouTube party, I'll give you the YouTube video that, that will make you a, a great success. Okay. It is called Guy on a Buffalo. Oh, my gosh. This is my gift to you listeners. When you're done with this podcast, just YouTube Guy on a Buffalo. There are four episodes, each one more amazing than the last. You'll, and you'll, yeah. you'll know you saw it when you saw a guy riding a buffalo in a 1970s film narrated by some guy who said, you know, no, I shouldn't no, say no, anything. Just, I shouldn't say just, anything. Trust me, YouTube guy in a buffalo, and then your life will be forever changed. It'll be forever better. That's the gift I give to you, beginning this episode of Clerically Speaking. Hi, I'm Father Anthony. And I'm producer Nick, filling in for Father Harrison. Uh, my wife is pregnant. 
Yeah, when's producer baby coming? Yeah, producer baby uh, pops up with like, pops out of the womb with like headphones on, ready to edit a podcast. Yeah, uh, get, she better get that girl to work. Um, mm-hmm. She's due November 9th. However, Riley's sisters gave birth early, um, from mm-hmm. what I understand. So, I mean, today is the due day, as far as I'm concerned. I was in a meeting and I I had a, a phone call come in from Riley. I'm like, sorry, my wife's pregnant. I have to answer the phone. I said. Riley, are you giving birth? She's like, no, I was just calling the chat. I'm like, uh, I got, I'm in a meeting. I'm gonna hang up. She's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you used your pregnant wife as an excuse to get out of things? No, it's just gotten us involved in more things. I'm doing it. How wrong. is that possible? Uh, I'm doing it wrong. How do you have to do more things with a pregnant <laughs> wife? I don't know. Uh, so, other dads out there, like dads who want to be involved in their kids' lives, you know, God bless you. That's the way you should do it. I, I think. Uh, I, I have I have such dad anxiety, like oh, I have to get the house ready and I have to get this ready and I have to not only do that but be present to my wife because I can't be reduced to a father who just does tasks for the family. I have to be present mm. to the family, and so I, I, like I I just feel real busy with that. And then everyone's like, let's hang out right before you give birth. So so this is the last time for there's this notion of this is the last time we'll be able to be friends. I'm like no, we'll be friends and a baby will cry in the background. But everyone want, wants to get their their last date night double date thing in with us and we said yes to too much and uh so we're we're extra busy. That's what you get for being popular. I wake up every single morning with the weight of my the world on my shoulders knowing mm. that everyone wants to talk to producer Nick, everyone wants to be like producer Nick, everyone uh people like you want me on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. It's a lot yeah. of responsibility. It is. And you know a lot of people want to talk to producer Nick, a lot of people want to ask him questions. So we have uh sent out a tweet People can ask us any questions. Let's find if any of them were good. Most of them were probably dumb. In this week's Whatever Nick Titles This. On the podcast, the clerical podcast, Nick answers questions tonight. On the podcast, the clerical podcast, he answers questions tonight. I said, we. Yay! <laughs> I just thought we were going to do the sumo. You want me to create a bumper? I always leave it up to you, Nick. You you could very easily just have a bumper of you saying no. Uh, you could do the sumo instead. Like once once I send the files, my you know I'm hands off. Yeah. Whatever you, I don't even listen to the podcast when I send the files. I'm done. <laughs> You know, so it's up to you. But I like to I like to throw out the challenge, see if you know. You know, it's very it's it. very funny. It'll be like, oh no, I forgot I had to edit the podcast. And the listeners know when it doesn't come out immediately on Friday, they're like, oh, <laughs> producer Nick was probably just <laughs> sleeping or something. Um, but uh, uh, when when the what was I what was I just saying? My, about making a bumper oh it'll be like three in the morning i'm like i gotta get this podcast done like i'll wake up in the middle of the night and remember the podcast so i'll get it done at three in the morning and then it'll father harrison or you will be like huh nick will just make a bumper i'm like ah, i'm gonna miss my deadline oh and whose fault is that producer nick oh i i did not mean to point any kind of shame or blame mm-hmm. um i i didn't mm-hmm. i i just 
the real problem because it's my because fault. even if you did even if you did try to point shame or blame it would just bounce right off me I'm glad because you're so secure in that, but that's not the point. The point is I've got a problem where I have mm-hmm. to do the bumper. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. is a me thing. Yes, it is. You're just <laughs> Man, you're so good at the Catholic guilt thing, and you're not when you preach. Why, why would you feel guilty? I'm just seeing facts. If you is, feel guilty, then that I mean, maybe that's the Holy is, Spirit. This is bad. Oh, now you're invoking the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. I said maybe it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's maybe. I'm not going to be presumptuous. It's maybe it's spiritual manipulation on the podcast. The first question <laughs> I wanted to answer was, uh, this is from at Woke Coast Faithful. <laughs> and their at is at Fuzzy Earlobes. Gross. Do you know Fuzzy Earlobes? No. <laughs> Father Anthony, if you have Fuzzy Earlobes, what's your opinion? Do you... Sh- do you shave them? Yeah, you have to shave. If you have fuzzy earlobes, <laughs> yes. If you have any hair on or protruding out of your ear, you have to take care of that. I mean, earlobes are have the, some dignity. They're the softest part of the the body. Like the skin on your earlobe is so soft. And if it was fuzzy, uh, anyway. The question is: At Papa Sharapa, how do new acquaintances react when you tell them your brother is a priest? Ooh, Father Anthony, I forgot that it is so. Um, is the word taboo? I'm going to use a word on, on this, and you can tell me if it's wrong. That that when I say my brother's a priest, people are like, what? Is he real? Does he eat sandwiches? <laughs> what do you mean he plays video games? <laughs> like, they're just like, you're some kind of anomaly. Whatever. And, and, and so I forget that most people think that priests, um, now, now, for the record, I think priests are, are, are set apart from lay people in a very particular way, and they are special. Because but, we can make Jesus. Yeah, and I can't, and I don't want to. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility, not I just want to pray and obey. And, and, uh, Beautiful. And proclaim. I wish all my Christians were like you. And proclaim, <laughs> and proclaim the gospel as a powerful, yeah, yeah. Your as a powerful thing. lay person. Yeah, I do. But, um. I forget that most people, like, I say my brother plays video games, and they just freaking lose their minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, whenever I tell people casually that my brother's a priest before I tell them a story about you or something funny that you said, uh, there's a look on their face like, wait, what, a Catholic priest? Aren't they terrible? Aren't they the people who yell at you for money? <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but, like, that's sure. not like our main gig. Sure. It's more like a side hustle. Yeah. So uh, most of the time they react like, Wait, you skipped the the interesting detail, uh, and I'm like, that's not the interesting part. He's he's a priest, and it's pretty cool. Priests are pretty pretty cool people. I, like, I'm so I'm so over it. Like, people need to know that priests are people too. I'm like, well, what else would they be? Whales, <laughs> <laughs> like beluga whales. <laughs> <laughs> With little collars on. I, I use I use an absurd example because it, it's that boring to me. It's not interesting. <laughs> so most of the time they're like, wow, would you ever go to confession to your brother? And, I'm, I, you know, I take that question seriously because I would never want to go to confession to a priest to get closer to them. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, that priest doesn't like me, but I want him to kind of like me. So I'll give a really sincere confession that he'll remember. Ooh, yikes. That's Bad. a yikes. That's like, that puts the, then the priest has to know that's happening. They're no dummies. Um, well, some are, but yes, we do. <laughs> <tell them. laughs> but, but uh, I, I would, I wouldn't go to confession with you unless it was 
an emergency. Yeah. Um, because that's a question for both you and me. And then, but like you and I will talk about our sinfulness pretty, pretty yeah, openly. We'll just talk about life and yeah, Jesus I, and sins and like, stuff. I had a friend, mm. uh, our, our friend, Father Rob, we were at a cigar bar smoking. And uh, people think this story is hilarious. And I just think it's just cool. But they're, okay. they're, we're, we're smoking at a cigar bar and we're drinking beer. And I'm telling him about all my sins. He's telling me all about his sins. And we're like, man, sinning sucks. And he's like, yeah. And there's this pause. And he, I said, Father, I'm like one sin away from telling you my confession. He reaches in his pocket. He has a stole. He throws it on him, right? <laughs> That's cool. So I, 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 re, I do it. We do it. We do a little bit of a, you know, a, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, like a liturgy-ish, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, here's my confession. It's good. It's beautiful. We're both tearing up. It's pretty neat. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, man, the bartender comes over and says, I've mm-hmm. got a question. Are you a Catholic priest? And Father Rob says, yes. And he's like, I got a question for you. Did you just hear his confession? Now, Father Rob's face was just like stone cold, giving nothing away. Yeah. It was incredible. Like he knew yeah. that he couldn't even, couldn't even blink and he didn't. So I let him yeah. off the hook. I'm like, yeah, he heard my confession. It was pretty dope. And this guy <laughs> just couldn't get over the fact that a confession, was, you didn't get yelled at and they were smoking. And that's just been, I've been lucky and fortunate enough for that to be my experience, that priests are normal, that they're lovely, that they are special, that their vocation is particular and that's cool yeah so that that's the first first question that i'm answering that was that was an excellent uh question and answer this one is from a little sillier but i like it (laughs) this is from rip roaring ray ligma male okay ray just be normal Uh, at ray duffy um ray r duffy and he asks which one of you is mario and which one is luigi which one's Mario and Luigi? Yeah, I'm your psych. You're Mario. I'm definitely Mario. You're definitely Luigi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mario's like the antagonist. He gets stuff done, but everyone kind of likes Luigi. Protagonist, Nick. Protagonist. <laughs> antagonist is the bad guy. Though I might be your antagonist. Yeah, I said what I said. So, anyway, <laughs> Lu- Luigi, not as much as known about him, but, like, you get to play Luigi's Haunted Mansion. Like, that game is cool. Like, yeah, sure. Um, Mario gets all the attention. He beats Bowser. But Luigi, like, what's he doing hunting ghosts? Huh? That guy. <laughs> what a silly boy that is. <laughs> Look at that silly funny. boy over there hunting ghosts. <laughs> where did where did the where did your fascination with Mario come from? Because you always like your profile picture on uh, Twitter is typically Mario, and you, you post a lot of Mario memes. What's that about? Uh, it, I started off with doing like Luigi memes because mm-hmm. I've always resonated more with Luigi because yeah. I think he's a silly boy. Um, but then I just kind of like, you know what, let's just lean into the Mario Italian stereotype thing. And like all things I do in social media, in my secret social media life, I just do them if they if I find them funny. And posting a bunch of Mario memes, I just think it's hilarious and I will never stop. You're really good at doubling down on a joke and then tripling down on that joke and then just running with this it. is what you learn in seminary you have to do insane things to keep yourself from going insane and that's that how i use my social what media what does that mean like shenanigans are good for the soul is what i'm trying to say if you can just do like you have all this energy either from anxiety or pressure from work this happens to everybody yeah and a good way to get all that energy and anxiety out and just kind of you know relax is just to go all in put all your energy into a joke 
and it's just a very cathartic experience. So when someone like says something and I post like, I don't know, 90 pictures of angry Mario that I found on the internet, like that's just good for me. It keeps me from going crazy. There's something about focusing. No, actually anxiety techniques will tell you uh, that you need to- To post Mario memes? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not even a little. It'll say you have to focus on something really, really hard because it's your present. So some people will grab a quarter and feel every ridge on the quarter just to put them into the the space and time that they are in, that their mind is like, their mind's three miles ahead worrying about Mm. catastrophizing. So if you focusing on your present is posting um, memes, then uh, good. It pales in comparison to what we did in seminary. Like in seminary, we decided to like have an entire mini golf tournament yeah. where we constructed mini golf uh, holes in everybody's room and had a uh, a map of the courses, uh, tiny pencils, little tiny awards. Like we would go all in on a joke, yeah. but it would bring a lot of uh, joy to the community. So I think it's a good thing. What? Priests made golf things in their rooms and they were playing <laughs> yes. all the time? Yes, while, while we ate sandwiches. <laughs> Precinct sandwiches. <laughs> All right. Do you have another question? No. Oh, is there any? I don't know, who is more handsome? Me. Uh, favorite pay per view or fa- favorite wrestling match? I'll, I'll do this one just to be in theme with the. It, it's Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I want to say 20, 25 or twenty six. Uh, mm. It's Ric Flair's retirement match. And there's something good about uh, the the one character dying by the hands of a good friend, you know. Yes, very dramatic, very melodramatic. Here's this guy who put his body on the line for 30 years, and he just he has one last valiant effort. It's like the the last Rocky film. He's still got some stuff in the in his gut. He got has to get out, and uh, yeah, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite match. Oh, I'm just gonna one well, of my favorite uh, under appreciated moments was when I think it was AJ Styles challenging Brock Lesnar for the championship. <laughs> I know and exactly he has, what you're going to yeah. say. <laughs> and he has the Brock Lesnar, the much bigger guy, in a submission hold in the uh, calf crusher. Mm-hmm. And Brock Lesnar is selling like a maniac. You oh, think he's going to tap. Ah, ah, I'm going to die. It's, no, <laughs> he does a good job. He's actually a very good wrestler, even though he's annoying sometimes. And then the way he breaks out of the hole is that he grabs AJ Styles' head and just starts slamming it over and over again against the canvas. And that image is burned in my brain as so, one of my favorite moments of wrestling. It was so brutal. And so, like, just, I loved it. Most, so. most often in wrestling, someone will get into a hold and then they'll do this cool reversal. And it, it was like, wow, that took technique. But there's no technique in grabbing someone's head <laughs> from behind and smashing it against the floor where their face, their nose, their cheeks just go bam, bam, bam. Okay, this one is from uh, R- R- Riley Sh- Scarappa uh, at end of days. Sounds one. hot. Uh, well, uh, it's your opinion. Um, <laughs> why? And the 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 question is, why are you Italian? And the answer is because Jesus loves us. Yeah, that's, that's why true. We're that's Italian. the answer. You know, I was like the first Italian that Riley ever met. She's from. Well, she lived in like super white people land. <laughs> she she out did. In like one of those square countries, she's uh, states. Yeah. No, it might as well, well be in its it own was, country. It was Indiana, which is known as the, the middle finger of the South. It just kind of pokes up north. And uh, uh, from Fun. the f- just south of the Fort, Fort Wayne area, 
And she's like, he's so animated. He talks with my hands. I'm like, oh, his, his hands. I said, oh, my goodness, just wait till you meet my family. So I, I, I took Riley to, to a wedding. This was uh, our cousin um, Harry's. No, 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 no. Oh, the, 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 Tom, Thomas's mm-hmm. wedding. That's and, an experience. Uh, so <laughs> our cousin um, gives a speech, and then he was the best man, but he has a brother. And his brother wasn't expecting to talk, so he, he, he had quite a few beverages, and he gets on the <laughs> microphone and says, there was like, everyone's like, Give the, let the other brother speak, let him speak. So Harry gets up there, and he goes, I love weddings. I, I'm looking forward to more weddings. Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it was before we were engaged because at a, an Italian wedding, if you bring a plus one and you are not engaged, the expectation is that it's happening in a couple months. Yeah, <laughs> you, you do not bring a casual girlfriend or casual boyfriend to a wedding unless your intent is to marry uh, that person. Um, big cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do a quick um, lightning round from Alex. Yep. At A-M-D-G, Alex. Okay. Favorite gym exercise to do? Uh, Push-ups. You first. Push-ups. Bench press. Favorite Italian food to eat? Ravioli. Ravioli. Favorite hymn to sing? Um, uh, uh, um, uh, Was it Come Holy Ghost? Veni Creator Spiritus. Wake up our ass. God put thy grace and heavenly aid to fill our hearts, which thou hast made. That one. Come, come yeah. the, the Holy Spirit song. Yeah. <laughs> I think they got it. Yeah. Mine is Be Thou My Vision. I sing oh, that all the time. That's nice. All right. Well, uh, since we only have one priest, and since I said. Oh, uh, there's, a, there's a bumper for this that exists. There is. You already have this bumper. Yeah. It is time for Presbyteral Council. Pastoral no. Council. Dang it. And now it's time for Pastoral Council, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee! Good for you, lay people! You have opinions! Where the laity are empowered! (laughs) Yes, do that one. Play that one. Father Anthony. Yes, Nick. If you were to work at a church, but you weren't allowed to do any sacraments, you could do no sacraments, and you could do no blessings. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you work at a church and be effective? Well, first of all, I wouldn't work at a church. <laughs> Where I, would you uh, work? I am. I am dead serious. Yeah. I would never work at a parish. Uh, and I say this because I love and respect anyone who does. <laughs> totally seriously. Okay. Like, it's a tough job to have, no matter what your job is at a parish. And I, I am in awe and terrified uh, about any, of any person who, who voluntarily works at a parish. Um, how do you be effective? Um, in, like, leading people to heaven. We'll just make it the, the most basic mm-hmm. sort of... You know what? You know what? Um, parish life needs more of what? Uh, parish employees who pray. Ooh. Okay. Like, and are willing to be vulnerable and share a little bits of their faith life. Oh. I think if you get like one or two employees that are willing to do that, like on their own, that will transform a staff and then eventually an entire parish. Yeah. Um, 
that's why I would say. But what, I think you have something in mind about being effective. No, just... <laughs> No, that's it. That's it. Just ask. All right. I guess we have to do an impromptu <laughs> presbyteral exhortations. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I did. Because I, I'm a youth minister, and uh, that comes with a lot of baggage. You, you can tell when I, when I post online or when people talk about youth ministry that um, I, I have a particular vision for it and different different practical steps to carry out that vision. And the, Oh, question. Yeah. Can I ask you what the – I have some ideas. Is it uh, practical steps? Having pizza parties. Good food I- is important. <laughs> so pizza parties. Okay. Oh. Uh, what else does a youth minister no. do? Um, you fix computers at the parish. <laughs> Sometimes the youngest employee at a parish is in charge of IT because they are young. Oh, is that in their job description? No. <laughs> Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, what else does a youth minister do? Let me think. Let me think. Oh, let me think. No. Um, hmm. They. Oh, you are supposed to get volunteers for the parish festivals and fundraisers. That's your job. And the volunteers have to be young. Yeah. So uh, child child labor. We're supposed to get free child labor for older people's uh, ministries, and that'll lead them to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably do this part time. You don't need a full time gig for this, right? No, I, I, I find that maybe at the beginning when you're trying to establish yourself, you don't have much to do, but the more you get involved in your parish and the, your family's lives, that mm. you're actually quite quite busy. Uh, okay, I disagree, but uh, <laughs> some other things I know about youth ministry as a priest. What does a priest know about youth ministry? I feel like I'm on a roll. Um, it's, Go as long uh, as you want. <laughs> it's your job to make sure all those kids know their catechism. Um, oh, geez. Okay, so uh, I would say that perfect fidelity to Catholic doctrine is compatible with a rich diversity of uh, presentation. So, um, yeah, in, in, but so you kind of have to lead with an experiential sort of thing in order for people to, to want to learn. Their, their catechism. Oh, that's so. weird. I think you should just read them the catechism. Um, so once again, agree, disagree. Um, it's probably your fault that little Timmy went to college and, and left the church and doesn't talk to his mom anymore. Why don't you fix that? Why don't you fix little Timmy? We find that uh, most studies say that uh, actually in the past 50 years, the, the studies of parents um, who, who whose teens end up um, keeping their faith they they normally are are taught the faith in their home through like a, a domestic whoa, sort of church whoa whoa I feel like you're trying to get parents to do your job Nick well I would say that your job is to do that yeah I'm like a, a tool in the tool belt of the, of the parent because the, the parent is in charge of a lot of things uh, including you know uh, human formation obviously and um, spiritual formation, and, and then, and then, if you need, if the if the teen needs a, some space to get away from their parents to, to further their exploration for, in a safe sort of space from someone who speaks a little differently, that I could be a, a tool to help that parent, but it's it's not my job to, to. Certainly sounds like me. you're a tool. Certainly sounds like you're a tool. Okay, uh, it's your job to make sure that those crazy teens don't have the sex. Um. It's my job to tell them that their bodies have languages, that it has a purpose, 
that their uh, that their choices have uh, consequences, sure, but. Uh, that that living a life of chastity, chastity meaning how to live uh, a positive life of your sexuality rather than a, a list of things not to do um, would be my job, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, one thing that I would like <laughs> as a priest who knows everything about youth ministry is I would like you to submit to me quarterly uh, the numbers of kids that are in your youth group and how many souls that you have uh, saved? Can you can you do that for your priest? Um, I would say, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's youth misters listening to this who are cringing. You know it. Like this bit's funny, but uh, I don't understand. I'm just a priest who understands youth ministry really well. If, I don't know what this isn't a bit. If we pour into a small group of people, let's just say one person for every. 12 who show up for youth group uh, that hopefully those 12 would be disciples with one or two people who fell away and um, if they weren't on a four-year cycle then we would see the fruits of uh, of our work but high schoolers are on a four-year cycle and they are sent to college afterwards and sometimes we get to keep in touch if the teen wants to but um, we, we give it our best our best go Sounds like you've given a lot of thought to this when all you really need to do is have pizza parties. Oh. The end. That was my... Wow. How do you like that? <laughs> How do you feel? How do you feel inside after that? Kind of depressed. Like, I don't want to... <laughs> I want to go home after this. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I had a really cool experience recently. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity... To, I did a fundraiser at, at our parish. And... Uh, man, lay ministers always look for opportunities to say what they were saying, you know, what they've said is true. And so I, I'm raising, I'm raising money and I'm trying to dispel some of the, the yuckiness of youth ministry. And so, so they say money follows mission. People say that all the time, but no one talks about their mission and, and no one talks about money. And if they do, they're like, give money. Here's a basket. <laughs> Wait, ex explain that that fun phrase. Uh, money follows mission. Yeah. So, what does that mean in the good sense? Yeah. If if money follows mission, then then there are outward signs that that uh, the parish from the priest down uh, have a clear objective and clear goals uh, to bring people to heaven. And here's how we're expressing them. And if we're doing that, people are like, wow, they're really doing good work. In fact, it's helped change me. I want to support their mission uh, uh, rather than just like come to church, go home. Don't even like a, a functional atheism uh, culture supporting people going to mass, but not people's desire to go to mass, going to mass and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's the best sort of sort of phrase for it. But I had the opportunity to, to paint a, a, a vision for youth ministry. I said, no longer are the days where youth ministry is a place for you to drop off your teens so we can just sort of babysit them while parents have a little break from them. Uh, that youth ministry is a place where people learn how to pray. That the youth minister's job is to set the stage for an encounter with God. Um, I mean, there, there was a time when people were dutiful to the church. Like, I have a duty 
to go to mass. And that duty might have been grounded in love, which is awesome. But uh, I think for a lot of people, it, it might not have been. It was like you go to church because you do. Um, and then, you know, the 1960s come around and people are like. <laughs> I mean, not, not, to, not to diss that because that's the reason why we're both Catholic. Yeah. Because <laughs> our dad was like, it's time to go to church now. <laughs> There's it, it clearly can work, but it's not working nearly as well as no, before. And right, so you're right, you're right. If we don't have this interior duty and it's not instilled from our parents, then, then it's my job to propose Jesus. Um, and not force the catechism down their throat and to to listen to teens and um, and to listen to their experience. So I'm like, gone are the days of, one, youth ministry being like, let's just have pizza parties and stuff. And we babysit your kids as they play sports. We're going to teach them to pray. We're going to teach them to discern God's voice. We're going to, and I say teach, but really... Um, it's sort of like an engagement of the person. So I said like weekly meetings or more where we uh, have time to hang out with people that you don't normally see in high school, meet new friends of similar uh, faith backgrounds so you can have support. Um, then play a game at these weekly meetings, then and then hear a talk. And then after you hear a talk um, to, to decompress it in small groups and then to pray and to learn how to pray. Um, this would be a, a weekly formation, but primarily like what, what uh, the, the things that sort of like flip a switch in people's brains. I know it, it was the case for you. It's the case for me um, is a go away experience where like whether it be a retreat, a mission trip, a leadership camp, uh, a, a summer camp. Uh, and we offered all of them. Um, and so he, here's where I, I broke into tithing. I painted this mission saying these experiential moments are the moments that change people's lives. Like it goes you from, gets you from a place of apathy and pre-evangelization to like, I want to learn more. Uh, I need to learn more. And I want to pick up a book and learn because I've experienced mm -hmm. a living God. Like, I, I guess that's, that's, the, that's the quote unquote go away experience. Yeah. So, so that happens on like retreats and things where you're like yeah. away from your cell phone. Ah, okay. Because I kept having this image of like people walking up to Jesus and Jesus saying, "Go away." I'm like, that seems like bad ministry. Oh, Nick. No, no. I mean, well, you could just <laughs> say a, you go away somewhere and have the stage set to have an encounter with Jesus. Yeah, I got to talk about tithing in a way that was was based on mission and not not just let's keep the lights on. I had the coolest experience. There was this dude who was like, "Yeah." I experienced my faith, and that's what sent me on a career of philosophy and theology. He was a 76-year-old man who spent his whole life writing about the word agape. Uh, he's a terminally ill patient. His, lung, his body thinks his lungs are sick, so it just keeps scarring up the tissue in his lungs, and he's slowly suffocating mm. to death. He gave us like 3,000 bucks. Holy moly. Oh, my gosh. We just like... We talked about giving as a spiritual practice rather than a, like, what do you worship? Do you worship your wallet or, or do you worship your, or do you worship the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, we got to paint this vision from youth ministry and it was so very cool. So like, I don't know. I think Protestants have a pretty good grasp on what a lay minister does because they're literally all lay ministers, um, if you had no baptisms, if you had no nothing, and if father was so busy that he couldn't do everything, well, hire a lay person to do some of your stuff. Now, can I do any of the mass things? No, and I don't want to. But like, 
I don't know, relational ministry through some programs is a good place to start. So that brings up the, the issue of, of, of programs. Mm. You guys get a lot of feedback about programs. <laughs> we give a lot of feedback about programs. Yeah. If you had no, so back to my original statement, if, if you had no sacraments and you had no blessings and you had no liturgy or confession, what would you do to bring people to Jesus, to have them experience it? Uh, him. You know, I think a part of that is doing something programmatic. Well, okay. So when we're talking about programs, there's a few things that we're rejecting. One is the buy this program, it'll fix your church. That's probably the easiest thing to, for everyone to disagree with. Um, but also, I think we find that a lot of programs become based around the program. What do you mean? Uh, like what you described because uh, you have a program for youth ministry. Yeah, we have right? weekly life teen events that where we do right. a, a gather, talk, fun, send, pray thing. Uh, and then maybe a Bible study on Tuesdays. But the program isn't the point for you. It's a way to organize oh. what you're doing. And sometimes uh, we make the program the priority instead of Christ. Oh, wow. And so you see this, for example, with... Um, uh, confirmation uh, prep mm -hmm. that we do this because it's the program whether or not it's working whether or not it's bringing people to Christ we don't care um, this is how we do it or um, what's another example oh, can we take that example um, of confirmation prep yeah sure okay so the way we do it here is there, there's six weeks of classes and the confirmation student and either their sponsor or their parent has to come with them to a few classes we talk to them a little bit we have them take a strengths finder um, uh, assessment so you know what your strengths are. We give the parents resources and how to talk to their kids about their strengths and how it would help their faith life. Like say you're competitive, so it'd be good for this. It's just an assessment saying what you're good at. I mean, um, yeah. And then we have them talk to each other and then we pray. Uh, and every one of these teachings has some, some teaching and some witness. Uh, but my pastor wants to blow it up a little bit. Okay. He, interesting because that sounds pretty good it's not bad yeah, it sounds right? unique and interesting but like the, the dream is to have people like first of all we shouldn't do anything to restrict the sacraments if someone can demonstrate that they know what the sacrament is and that they want it you really kind of shouldn't say no I think canon law says don't, don't do that yeah the whole like you have to do these this many service hours or yeah. we will not confirm you is stupid yeah. and wrong because and teaches the wrong yeah. thing but like what if you if you wanted to be confirmed what if it was the culture of a parish to apply whenever you wanted how does that first strike you i love it okay because i think it breaks down doing the program for the sake of the program mm -hmm. you'd be applying for confirmation which is playing into our culture a little bit. You got to apply for everything, you know, colleges. And okay, stuff, yeah. Which is fine. You're kind of like baptizing a cultural thing, but like. But it no longer becomes. It, I want to hear the details about this, yeah. but the, the idea, it no longer becomes this is what you do at this age. Yeah. And so there's not that weird pressure that like everyone else is doing it. So if I'm a good parent, my kid has to get confirmed too. Right. So then the next question is what do you do um, to get confirmed? One thought was we should have every family who wants to get their son or daughter confirmed family to go through a program like The Search. Have you heard of The Search? No. It's Chris Stefanik's video pro, uh, program where 
Basically, it's like yeah, a, a documentary right. series. Yeah, he he's got a yeah, Chris is a good he's dude. got a soothing voice. It's a <laughs> documentary series that really could be on Netflix. Beautiful. Starting off with like, does God exist? Ends with, am I saved? <laughs> you know, and like, there's like six <laughs> episodes. All important questions. <laughs> and we've, we're running the search at our parish as a volunteer. Do you want to? Do you want to do it? Cool. Um, do we send everyone through that program? You have to do this program. Oh no, we fall into the same trap. Yeah. I wish we had like four different ways to get confirmed. You know? And okay. let's say one of them is uh, the same th- model that I just gave you earlier about going to classes with your confirmation sponsor. Or maybe we knew our families well enough to say, wow, you could use the basic kerygma. I think this would be the best plan for you to get confirmed. Mm-hmm. So they had they could choose uh, their their program to get confirmed. It's very weird because it doesn't make sense. It's it's hard to measure, and so you you don't have measurables, which everyone likes. Yeah, I can see some problems with. Um, well, one of the concerns is we do want to get people confirmed because it's good. I mean, it is good. Like grace is good. Mm-hmm. Um. And part of it's like, are we letting people slip through the cracks if we do that? But also part of me is like, well, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're just not forcing them into a funnel anymore. I started off this with the question, if you were a priest and you could do yeah. nothing, none of your priestly things, just lay people things, what mm-hmm. would you do? Okay, here's the next thing. Okay, all that's true. And for some reason, and I don't know what the reason is, Parents send their kids to faith formation classes. Mm-hmm. They just send them here. Okay. so Even if they don't go to Mass. Even if they don't go to Mass. A lot of my middle schoolers don't go to Mass. But they're sent to this thing. And maybe it's because parents want some kind of moral whatever. Uh, moral backing. I know my wife um, was sent to church even though her, her father wasn't religious at all. But he wanted her to have some morals. You have the, the, the church is the, it's the weirdest thing because people send people here. And so, okay, if you send people here, you should have some staff and they should do something. Um, and, and what should they do? I, I, I really like this. Um, maybe I'll transition to this. It's, it's various styles of methods of catechesis. Okay, we have people. Want to try that again? Catechesis. Various styles and methods of catechesis. This is from St. Thomas okay. Aquinas from the Summa. Um, the, the real one. <laughs> the real the one. The real one. I don't even know how to say That's it. That's amazing. Theologia? We never have the real one Theologia? on our show. Theologia? I don't know. I'm not Matt Fred. I don't know. Crap. Okay. Um, whatever is received is received according to the mode of the receiver. Okay, well, that, Which... that tells me that I should talk to teenagers the way teenagers like being talked to. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that phrase? Whatever is received is received according to the mode of the receiver. I mean, it's true. Okay. Like, this is why the incarnation is a thing. Um, because God wanted to reveal himself in a way that we could understand. Um, in the same way, I mean, we experience this all the time in, in prayer life. There are times that... Um, we aren't ready for certain graces or for certain revelations or certain knowledge. But as we go, grow in the faith, all of a sudden we're ready and we receive it. Um, it's just, it's not a, 
it's not a powerlessness on God's part. It's him um, gently working with our own weakness. Cool. And that's how it works. Okay, I've got another another statement I want to hear your thoughts on. Okay. Perfect fidelity to Catholic doctrine is compatible with a rich diversity of presentation. I'll read it again. Perfect fidelity mm. to Catholic doctrine is compatible with a rich diversity of presentation. Well, this is just kind of like the universal and Catholic nature of the church. Um, that you can be completely faithful to Catholic doctrine, but you can approach it in different ways with different emphasis, um, different spiritualities. Um, that's what makes the church such a beautiful community Ooh. when it's at its best. You know, that's so I think it's 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 speaking against the in order to be Catholic, you have to be Catholic in this exact way. And that's never been the case. There have been like movements at times in the church that have tried to do that, but they never turn out well. So from a youth ministry perspective, this is what it means to me mm-hmm. that I give teenagers, no, that I give middle schoolers, sixth, seventh and eighth graders, boxes, tape, scissors, crayons, pencils, forks, uh, plastic forks, plastic knives, tin foil, uh, cups. And I say, build a time machine and toilet paper and who can ever build the best time machine wins. And so you have a hundred middle schoolers building their fake time machines and they're wrapping toilet. Like the cool jaw kids are like wrapping toilet paper everywhere, throwing it up in the air. It looks like chaos. The thoughtful people are like fitting it around the person that's going to be in the time machine. Then I have all the middle schoolers line up and I say, what is your time machine? What does your time machine do or whatever? And then, and then afterwards I give a talk about like what and I started off by saying if you could go anywhere in space and time where would it be and people tell you know the the one middle schooler is like I would go back to when school didn't exist and I would stop it from ever happening yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I do all this stuff and I collect all those crafts um, and we do this crazy activity to demonstrate one point and that is at mass the priest opens up space and time to take us back to that moment when Jesus died for all of our sins. Mm. Right? Yeah. Like if I could go back in time right now and have my sins forgiven, I would. Oh my gosh, I can do that at mass. Right? Mm -hmm. So like, that's the point I made. Mm -hmm. And if they walked away knowing that at offertory, that was not intermission. That's the yeah. time we can say, God, I, I'm insecure. God, I'm not strong enough. God, I'm not good enough. All the lies that, that, that middle schoolers face. And yeah. they knew that that was the moment to give it to, put it on the altar. So that, and they knew that at the great amen, we went back in space and time to when Jesus forgave all those sins and that he gives us the strength to overcome those things you gave him at offertory through the reception of the Eucharist. If they walked out of that building maybe remembering that if half of them even remembered that or even tried to do that at the next mass i've done good youth ministry yeah but i could have just explained it to them no i have to ask them questions i have to relate to their experience what's the hardest thing for a middle schooler going on in their life maybe mom and dad arguing maybe um uh, not doing well at their sport or not, not doing well at band or whatever, maybe peer pressure, maybe being made fun of, not pretty enough, not strong enough, whatever. Um, I have to speak that language as if it's the most important thing that's ever happened to them, the realist experience that they ever, that's ever happened to them, because it probably is. Um, and then I have to fit God in there somehow. 
And so the craft of the youth minister, uh, a lot of it is, is to come up with some kind of program that makes a light bulb go off in their brains about Jesus. Hmm. That's it. That's all I want to do. Because if they, if they <laughs> actually are like, God person's a little bit real, then they might want to try to pick it up on their own. Does that make sense? Um, it makes sense. I don't know if your job is weird. Um, it looks weird on the sure. outside. You're making, you know, middle schoolers make time machines so you can talk about yeah. the mass. That is objectively yeah. weird. But what are you doing in that? And when you're learning how to speak their language and, and show, I mean, really, all you're doing in a very sophisticated and, and learned way, but the heart of it is like you are loving these kids. Right. I mean, isn't well, that I'm it? Talking to them, I'm, 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 I'm talking at them as if like, this is the coolest and most awesome thing. I'll say things to them. Like, has no one ever told you this? This is so cool. You gotta know it. And by the end I'm exhausted. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I want to wrap up with uh, two questions yeah. for you. Uh, preliminary question to question one. How long have you been doing the ministry towards the youths? Seven years. Part Seven time years. Part-time for four of them. Yeah. Well, that's a long time for youth ministry. Um, yeah. Uh, and I find that the culture is moving faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Um, what are the biggest changes you've seen in your kids over the course of seven years or the like newest things, different challenges that you faced? Yeah. Um, has it changed that much or? Middle schoolers are exposed to more stuff because they have evil devil cell phones. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, I did a survey once of the, of the middle schoolers and I said name, age and gender. And, and one of them wrote down my gender is an alligator. I'm like, what a middle school response. I'm an alligator. Mm hmm. It's just weird and delightful and fun. Yeah. But one of them said, don't, it's not appropriate to ask me what my gender is. I was like, oh my gosh, you might be 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So they're exposed to a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. And so they can handle the, the topics that we have to talk about with them. I mean, we have to talk with them about porn because mm -hmm. they've watched it. Yep. If you're over 11 years old, you've There's watched a good chance it. you've seen the some. average average age is like nine or ten first exposure yeah. to pornography and stuff so they're exposed to, to to so much more and they can tackle such big issues i have them write down any question that they want uh and they ask the spicy issues mm -hmm. and they ask like thomistic questions like who created god like they're ready mm -hmm. for it it's really cool yeah um so i'd say that's the biggest biggest thing that i've noticed mm -hmm. And uh, I did the whole uh, terrible uh, priest boss uh, bit. Uh, yeah. But I think there's a lot of priests out there who are like, I know youth ministry is important. Uh -huh. I want the youths to be cared for and learn about Jesus. I am not good uh, ministering to the youths, and I do not know what to do. Mm -hmm. So my question is not actually towards them and the youths. Maybe we can add that on. But you as a youth minister, what are you yeah. hoping for? What do you need from a pastor. Oh gosh. Okay, I'll tell you I I have a pastor right now who totally rocks. Cool. I'll even I'll even name drop him. It's Father Jay Donahue. Mm -hmm. Father Jay will set up a meeting with me and the other faith formation employees at this church. And he'll be like, Hey, I want to talk about youth ministry from you know K through twelve. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to know what your dreams are for it. 
and, and what roadblocks I need to get um, to to get out of the way so that you can do a great job. And he's like, but first to start this meeting, I thought we'd start it off with Eucharistic adoration. We're in this random room, and then he walks out of the room. He walks back in with a monstrance. Like, oh, <laughs> shoot, man. <laughs> so he says, all right, let's pray. So, so we pray for like 15 minutes, and then he puts Jesus away. And he's like, what was coming to mind? And we faith share for a bit. Mm-hmm. So what do I want from a, from a, a <sighs> what do I want from a priest? I want him to be father. Mm. When I dream, I want him to be boss with accountability. And I want him to be friend to build trust. Mm. Gosh, what I want from father is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it is like to switch caps from father to boss to friend. Mm-hmm. Man, that's tough because boss talks about pay and benefits. Ah! Father's like, how do I serve the employees so that they can be holy? Mm-hmm. And friend is like, how do we know we're on the same page about stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also tough for the employee. Mm-hmm. I think that's the toughest part about working for the church because I have to. I'll even say, I'm like, hey, can I talk to you as boss for a bit? And he'll like nod his head and be like, yeah, like prepare himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the be- best way, yeah, gosh, are, are, are those three things? Because we have some people who are, some priests who are, who are totally business oriented. How many kids came to youth group? I'm like, I don't know. How many people have you saved in your career? <laughs> what, what are you, what are you doing? There is a, a way to do effective ministry, right? Like we had yeah. 65 kids. I'm a pretty darn successful youth minister. Sure. We're at a pretty big parish with a lot of young families. So we're just crushing it. It's playing into the, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, in some places it's just harder because there's a lot of apathy based on economic status or whatever else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sure. There is something to numbers, but there are some people who will drive it like a business. I'm like, your job father, I don't want you to be just business manager. Mm-hmm. I need you to be father. Mm-hmm. Teach me how to pray so I can teach them how to pray. Let me be an extension of father. So the the original question was, if there is one thing I could, if I couldn't do any of the sacraments, I'm like, you know what? You can, and I want you to do them. And then if you don't have time for the teens, then hire me. Hmm. Cause I want to be an extension of father. Hmm. And if they need to hear their, if they need their confessions heard, Oh gosh, I'll send them your way. Hmm. But hopefully I'm, I'm trained enough. I'm good enough to build relationships with the, these teens so that when they have a question about life, gosh, they're not in the queue line for father. I'm an extension of father. Mm-hmm. I, I am extending his, his values. I am extending frick hopefully just the gospel <laughs> but like yeah yeah um, exactly i i just want to be like a tool in your tool tool belt um to serve your mission and my pastor says it all the time he's just like we need to lead people to heaven it's that simple i'm like yes it is and then i'm like but i'll i'll, I'll tell him a plan. but we need time machines <laughs> we need time machines <laughs> Yeah, and, he's, and he'll ask me, "Do you think that's the best way to bring people to heaven?" I'll be like, and "I have to look at him and say yes." He goes, "Okay, mm-hmm. do it." And he's like, "And if you fail, oh, this is the best." He's like, "If you fail, blame me." Oh, that's just the coolest. <laughs> if you fail, blame me, and then you change something so you don't fail again. <laughs> so that's an act, any leader, leader, man. If they say take chances and 
fail. Uh, gosh, because when someone fails, I don't need father to tell me I fail. I knew I failed. My, <laughs> you know, I need him to say, oh, you failed. Okay, you're the amazing. The rebelled and stabbed me with pens. I know I did a bad job. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah. I just need encouragement. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, and, and a father encourages. Isn't that the voice of the father? Uh, that's a rhetorical question. Yeah. It's one of mm-hmm. encouragement. The devil's one of accusation and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just... And a lot of bosses will accuse, and I don't need you to be boss like that. I need you to be father there. So that's my ask of the clergy, which is tough because I don't think that'd be easy because it's switching hats pretty quick. Well, I can be in the well, same meeting. Well, producer Nick, this this is why they pay us the big bucks. So I don't think it's that unfair. Um, <laughs> they don't uh, pay you a lot. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. But it's okay. Um, good. Um, okay, let's do a bonus question. Okay. Bonus question for producer Nick. Mm. Someone says, producer Nick, podcasts are fun. I love listening to podcasts. All the cool kids listen to podcasts, says the millennial who's talking to you. And uh, I want to start a podcast. How do I start a podcast, producer Nick? So first of all, the first step is to reconsider. Good. Keep going, because I love this. I love your spiel about podcasts. Oh, gosh. I just want it on the record, because it's good. This joke's been made. Like, everyone had a garage band in the 80s, and some people people were like Bon Jovi at the end of it, you know? And other people were just that garage band from the 80s that no one knew. And and it seems like in the 2020s, everyone has a podcast. Okay, so so the question is, what do you have to offer? And, And is it something... Like, people have asked me to do podcasts quite a few times. And I'll say to them, I would love to, because I like I love, 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 love talking about stuff, just like every white thirty-year-old does, <laughs> male does. Um, but like I'm like, yeah, let's do a philosophy episode, uh, a podcast, Pints with Aquinas. Let's do things from priest perspectives who who are normal and chill and just talk about their perspective, clerically speaking. Let's do deep, deep theology uh, and Balthazar crap, uh, um, Catholic stuff you should know, um, and, and Eastern stuff, like. Let's let's do loud, crazy, big, obnoxious Catholicism. Taylor Schroll, who's actually very, very talented. <laughs> oh, you just made him so happy. <laughs> I know. I, it's too much fun to make fun of him, but like he, he's, he's a talented dude. Guys, um, if you haven't checked out uh, Taylor Schroll's uh, Forte Catholic, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, so step one, reconsider. Step two, come up with a concept that hasn't been done. Step three, uh, find someone that you can talk to a lot in like, like in this, you can tell in this, in this podcast, like some neat points, but what was the thing I really wanted you to walk away with? I didn't have it. And I think like the, the podcast has to have like, um, a goal per topic, right? So your overall Mm -hmm. theme and a goal per topic, like, what do I want people to really get out of this? And so my better podcast that I've done, like people are like, I remember when he said this, it was helpful. Um, and then uh, download a software editor, learn how to do it on YouTube or pay Taylor Schroll or Nick Sharapa to edit your podcast for you. Mm-hmm. Buy nice equipment. Uh, use a podcasting service that works um, and be consistent. But mm-hmm. man, gosh, like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Jonathan Blevins to say, Nick, I've got this great podcast idea. And we've toyed around with it. But 
I needed to be hasn't found haven't found the sweet spot no I haven't he probably has ideas and stuff he just went full time doing digital things but um yeah it's got to be original it's extra cool if there's a calling to do it if the Lord places on your heart that's extra points yeah that's yeah that's the thing that might happen I think it's rare but it might happen oh man can I can I do a bonus bonus thing why not I mean it's our podcast someone comes into the office and said the Lord has placed this on my heart that I really need to do this ministry I said okay what was that like they, they look at me and I'm like, what, what does it feel like? Like put words to it. Cause I hear that a lot. The mm-hmm. Lord put something on my heart. And she's like, well, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I'm like, cool. So you're thinking about it. Did you pray with it? Well, well, I've been praying. <laughs> I'm like, look what's happened here. Oh gosh. So, so I, 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 and then you backhanded her across the room and said, how dare you invoke the Holy spirit for your own frivolity? You see it a lot because the language is cool. I mean, using churchy yes. language like it the sounds Lord authoritative. Is on, like this person is anointed. I'm like, woo! <laughs> like those are good Settle words. Down there. They're good words. I'm like, because you know what? It's okay if you just want to do that ministry. The Lord will delight yeah. if you do any ministry for Him. Uh, yeah. If He wants you in a particular one, He'll probably place it on your heart. And what does that yeah. look like? Maybe it starts off with a thought. Then you take it to prayer and you feel real good. Or you're sitting there in silence in prayer and you kind of hear, like I, I tell this to my middle schoolers all the time. Everyone close your eyes. So they close their eyes. I say, mm. say your name in your head. And they say their name in their head. I said, open your eyes. And they open their eyes. I said, what, who did that sound like? They're like, it was me. It was my voice. Well, whose voice was yeah. it? It was my voice. It was my voice. I said, that's the same voice of God. And it's the same voice as the devil. And it's the same voice as you. But they say different things. And they come mm. with different feelings. This is a great way to teach a middle schooler. So look at you being all Ignatian. Oh, frick! Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I live, laugh, love that dude. But like <laughs> Saint Ignatius, reflect on your day and see where God is. Were you not in that experience? Pretend you were, and then reflect on your experience. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, like discouraging things, typically from the devil. Uh, accusatory things, uh, language, typically from the devil. Things that sound like, hmm, that sounds like something Jesus would say. And it makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Like, it's like a million arrows being fired at the same time, but one hits the bullseye and all the other arrows stop. Yeah, that's, you know, and you can bounce that against scripture and a good friend, probably from God. I'm hungry, probably from you. (laughs) You know, like, so anyway, like what, the, the Lord placed this on my heart. I'm like... He might have, but Did but everyone will sh- everyone will be quiet and no one will question you. Yeah. So sometimes in meetings, I'll I'll be like, well, the Lord put this on my heart and it's totally contradictory to you, and then there's a pause, <laughs> and then they're like, well, I was just thinking. I'm like, I'm sorry, I was just thinking too. You're right. I I didn't <laughs> it didn't come to me in prayer. I did that at a meeting once. It was mean. Yep embarrass the person but no one wanted to question him because they use the powerful church language there the times when the lord places something on my heart is powerful and i i crush it because he wants it and he wills it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's always a humble like hey guys i think jesus wants me to do this (laughs) i'm kind of freaking out i'm I'm freaking out but i'm ready to knock down some walls (laughs) like yeah anyway good well, Nick, thank you for um, uh, for being on the podcast yeah. that you make a reality. 
almost every week. Thanks for having me about two hours before the podcast we recorded today. <laughs> it's not my fault. I was. Uh, we all know whose uh, Canadian fault this is. Uh, but I think it turned out okay. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Mm. Please leave a review on iTunes. And we haven't gotten a lot of those lately. Hey, so like, hey, what did you think of Producer Nick? Yeah, talk about Producer Just Nick. Say I'm cool. Yeah. In uh, on Do iTunes that. or Podbean. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Stitcher. Or yeah. Spotify. And tell your friends about the podcast as well. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. You can find me being a really good priest toward youth ministers. Just making sure that they have all the right stuff, that they're doing all the pizza parties. Oh, you can find me at Papa Sharapa on Twitter. Uh, contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking.com. If you would like to support what we do, check us out on Patreon. The priests get zero money. Mm-hmm. We get none of your money. No. We've never gotten the penny. We never no. will. Money goes to equipment, to paying uh, our producers for actually making the podcast happen, mm. uh, for diapers, for uh, mostly the diapers baby. For- mostly right now, diapers for producer baby. Yep. And uh, any extra money that we make will go to the daughters of St. Paul. Peace. God bless. <laughs>